is it Oh, Welcome nice. to the Solution to Real Estate Podcast, where myself, Phil Sexton, and Jeff Seabach come together with microphones between us to talk about the industry normally. But today, unlike most days, we're going to talk about a conference, an industry conference that I got to attend in Miami last week. It was by... all real estate agents? No, but oh. it was a real estate summit. Oh, okay. So that's right. So it real was about summit. real estate investing, and it was hosted by a very, uh, by a nationally known motivational speaker, sales coach, real estate investor by the name of Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. And he's known for uh, Renter Nation. I actually, because now there's a hashtag Renter Nation. So to give him credit, I mean, he uh, is big enough that he can make it. And I can see that. And I hear other people talking about it. Uh, I will add my thoughts about it later, but let's get you off the, the board. <laughs> Didn't you um, go? Didn't you see Grant Cardone when he came to Scottsdale one time? I did. I have my notes from that seminar. If you want to review those too, because <laughs> that was like six years ago, five years ago. Uh, it let, was, me, let me look. I'll look back. while you start. Hold but on. That was like pre- I think that was my first idea of like the name who the the guy a guy by the name of Grant Cardone had a following is because when he came here, somebody was like, Oh my God, Jeff, I got a ticket for you to go see Grant. And I'm like, I never heard of the guy. Yeah. So I went in, it was at Greyhawk country, uh, Greyhawk country club at the, yeah. The, there's about 150 people there. And I would bet anybody in a room, I can remember more about that meeting than anyone else. This is where Jeff rags about being a great note taker. Well, a digital, actually, a actually, one of the key elements of my success has been my ability to take notes and then to recall them later on when I need them. So that's the intro for you so that they know they're not wasting your time by listening today. If they take lots of notes from the takeaways, because it's it's what you do with the information you receive from the seminar. It's not just going to seminar. It's like, well, how are you going to turn that into to money? So I'm going to go back to Evernote and I'm going to type in Grant Cardone. Go ahead. Yeah. Know. It's, it's funny you say it's what you do with the information, because while I was there, which um, I'm going to get to some of my other takeaways, but while I was there, there's a friend of ours, Mike O'Malley, who, John, you know, Mike, right? Like he, he, is, he said, are you going to, am I going to see you in October or whatever the, not um, the EXP conference, but the next Grant Cardone conference, am I going to see you at the next Grant Cardone conference? And I said, well, that depends depends on what it depends if I actually apply the information that I learned here and it's beneficial in my world. Like I don't come here to just sit here and learn, like I actually have to apply what I learned. And if I can apply some of the information that I learned, then yeah, maybe I will come back, but action, because what is it? Education without implementation is worthless is delusion leads to delusion. Yeah. Or something like it depends that. on who you're quoting. If you're going Jim Rohn, he said, it's just, Without, you know, without action, knowledge is, is worthless yeah. without action. Yeah. Yeah. So Grant Cardone came on um, 11-2-2015. So now it's six almost years. six years ago. Yeah. So he said, um, he actually, you because you said he didn't have kids. And actually. He has kids. He has he four-year-old and a six-year-old. So now they're, you know, almost 10 and 12. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he made yeah. the joke. He said, go one place and never see one person. Like whenever you're going, I think this is a good feedback for the, I mean, we'll get in. We still use that. Yes. Right. The thing is, is if you're going out to, to, um, to, I, I will use that with houses too. Don't just go see one house. You might as well see more houses. So. Right. But if you're going to make an appointment to be across town, or if you're going to be, if you have to drive an hour 
to meet somebody or do something, what else can you do? Who while else you're could there? you visit? Who, Who else, else could yeah. you visit while you're there? Like what other path? Well, it was funny. What houses can well, you see? In, in yeah. the mastermind group that we just did, Ginny Soli's right was talking about Popeye. So if you're going out yeah. to see a house in a part of town where you have a client, maybe swing by and give them a gift, right. like maybe some free jam or something like that. Yeah, because and she said real estate is her jam. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Good deal. Let's get to um, the show. All right. So part. You brought up Ginny solely straight from yesterday. We actually had a panel yesterday of three top teams in Arizona that I got to moderate. You were on it. Ginny solely straight was on it. Cami Beckley was on it. And we streamed that on through Facebook, right? It's in our, it's in the real estate leopard Facebook group. Is that a private group where they could just click a button and join? We have it on the public one, but we'll, we're going to, it's on the public page, yes, but we're going to post it into the private one. Better quality. Awesome. Right. So, and Kara uh, Navir, when I was commenting to him on Instagram, I said, hey, man, if you go over to that group, you'll be able to watch it because there was more takeaways than just that from. Oh, from that's so good. I mean, that was a good, that was a good mastermind. Yes. All right. So to set this up, Grant Cardone, first of all, when we go there to the real estate summit, I give this guy credit because he was like, I had to like, you have to buy a ticket to get there, right? How much was the ticket? I think the tickets were either 500 bucks or 2,500 bucks, depending on if you wanted to sit in the um back of the plane or if you wanted to be in for in the vip section of the plane and then the vip Not also the included plane. a lunch and some other stuff exactly. and, okay yes. good so deal. the vip section which was half of the room it was the front half of the room is where people got to sit if they wanted to ask questions make comments like basically everybody that the five how many people were there roughly a thousand a thousand people yeah. wow in, at, in miami at the jw turnberry something like that um Pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, so there was a thousand total. So 500 in the VIP section and 500 in the back of the house. And kudos to Grant, because this is one of the things that we actually don't talk about at all. And that is this guy was on stage rapping for three days. He's 63 years old. He's on, he's on, he was on stage like presenting like eight mile Eminem rapping. No talking, oh, okay. answering all right. questions, flowing, going <laughs> through the workbook. Like he was just so what seemed to be in a, like healthy. I don't know. How do you put it? Like his at 62 or 63, an endless ball of energy pumping out stuff. Yes. And you were just like, yes, because you know how hard that is. You do you and I teach a three hour class and you're like, oh man, we got another one. This guy teaches three, eight hour days. And he's like, if you guys want to sign up for the next thing, we're going to be here next week doing it again. That's because like, he gets three months off in between. So whatever yeah, it is. Good. But anyway, no, th <laughs> next week, not oh. next year. Like oh. he does them over and over again. So I, we don't talk about that often, but I think that that has helped me. One of the things that I really like about going out of town to conferences like that is that creates a break in your routine. And when you have a break in your routine, it's easier to adjust what you do. I mean, I would like to tie that comment to Darren Hardy. And the reality is, is that, and, and the feedback for each of the people in the room is that most people don't utilize their, their time effectively enough. Meaning, because when you're, because you need to spend more time in front of clients. And because he's in front of clients, he was maximizing the amount of time that he had stage time because he doesn't get to see them. And, you know, kudos to him, but to in me, that everybody like to me, uh, four hours of prospecting, presenting or negotiating. I mean, that is the key to growth. And that's in line with what he's saying. Yes. So I give him credit on that. I actually, I gave up coffee while I was there. It's now been a week and a half. With Can no I pick coffee. on you about that? Yeah. You know, coffee's not bad for you. It's the caffeine. So if you're, are you, did you give up let caffeine? Me, let, me, well? let me, let me, let um, me, let me 
Yeah, let me introduce another piece of this. So Grant Cardone, his health advisor is a guy named Gary Brecka. And you can look him up on Instagram. It's at Gary Brecka, B-R-E-C-K-A or something like that. So Gary Brecka, who does, um, you know, he's got Streamline Health or something like that as his company. And he was at a after party that I was at. I've never been to an after party like this before, Jeff. There were four people sitting around a table at a time getting IVs that were hanging off of the chandeliers with like coat hangers holding them. Did you, when you walked in, you were like, I'm in the wrong room. (laughs) The opposite. I was like, where do I sign up for this? And so well, I got I'm, a billion, I'm a billion, I'm billions fan and they bring in IVs for their people. Yeah. We should totally have an IV day here in our office. I think okay. that that would be like awesome because they, and they're just serving what they call the Myers cocktail. And it doesn't include Myers rum. It's the Dr. Myers came up with this cocktail of vitamins and um, magnesium and whatnot. So anyway, um, Gary and Gary started, Gary and I probably were included after, in we're the talking. VIP pass. Okay, go ahead. Maybe. Gary and I were talking um, and he was talking to me about coffee itself. You're right. It's not healthy. He didn't even talk about caffeine. He talked about um, the pH level of your body and that coffee is very acidic. And so the acidic levels of coffee raise it. And when you have high acidic levels and not enough greens, then your body is more susceptible to cancer. And so right or wrong, believe them or not, I don't care, but I drank enough coffee every single day for the last however many years to think, you know, it's probably not a bad idea if I give it up for a little bit. And so what, what is the scientific reason is to reduce my pH levels and my, or my alkalinity, whatever that means. I don't know, but I'm like, let me just take a break. And anyway, I just eat a lot of greens. I need to eat more greens. Yeah. Yeah. But it was such a big health focus. So to have this guy and he does like the red light therapy maybe that's why grant cardone has a lot of energy my this is my point yeah is this is like i look at grant cardone as this guy's case study and grant cardone is 63 years old and he is out there eight hours a day on freaking fire and you're like there must be something to what this guy is saying right anyway not to be a commercial for gary brecca but grant cardone did acquire gary brecca's company and now he's going to 10x gary brecca's company so i'm sure we're all going to hear about that well all he has to do is speak about it a lot of conferences and that's going to help him a lot so yeah yeah. absolutely all right what's number one uh i'm past like there you didn't get the first four (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah all right so um everybody buys a ticket to be in the room you on your way to the room you start to see the booths, right? Like you're at a normal extra, and, but I'm sorry, because I'm now off of the Gary Brecker thing and I'm back to the main conference. So we show up 8 a.m. that first morning, you check in, you get your badge and you walk past the security and there's the expo booth with a few different booths there. And then you go into the main room where there's a thousand chairs and you find your seat and everybody's kind of standing around and trying to network and you want to meet other people while you're there, see what industries they're in or whatnot. And a guy walks up to me and he's got a name tag that looks just like my name tag looked. He's dressed just like all the other conference attendees looked and he has a British accent. And he's like, Hey, how are you? How's it going? And I said, good. He's like, Oh, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Arizona. Nice. The guy I was standing next to was from Chicago and another guy from Canada. Great. Yeah. What do you guys, he's like, what do you, what are you here for? Just curious. Like, what do you hope to get out of the conference? And at that point, I'm like, well, that's an interesting networking question. So it was a salesperson on Grant Cardone staff that approached you and asked you, what are you getting? So then I looked down at his name tag Did and I see Paul. I see below is where mine says, mine has my name and it says VIP. His had his name and then it said staff. 
And I'm like, oh, I am now being sold, right? right? Like, it's funny to me that I, you pay for a ticket to go there. And then as soon as you get there, they're like, you should probably pay for a ticket to another one. (laughs) And so that guy was, he, he asked what I hope to get out of it. And I really didn't know what to expect from this conference or what I was really there to get out of it. Other than I know Grant is really good at sales. I really appreciate the art and the science of sales. So I wanted to experience what this sales experience was going to be like. And so I said that to him. I said, I'm here because I'm a student of the game of sales. And I just want to see how, how Grant plays that game. And that kind of, the guy paused for a second. And then he pulled out a flyer for $25,000 of a retreat that was next week that you could sign up for today. And he'll slash the price to $20,000 if you give him his Amex right now. And I'm like, you thought of me. I thought, I thought, I thought, yeah, if Jeff was here, he'd probably buy it. So no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> when no. in doubt, whip it out. I when in doubt, whip it out. Yeah. I said something to the guy because you used to sell the books door to door. Yes. And that's what they said is when the person that opens the door says something that throws you off, like when in doubt, just whip out the book and right. try to sell it. To them. Right. When so, you're, when you're scared as a salesperson, don't ever not pres- make the pitch. Pres- always, always, always at least g- just give your pitch. Yeah. Who cares, right? You're there, make the pitch. You're there to make the pitch every time. Yes. And yes. that guy made the pitch, even though I tried to throw him off with my answer. Uh-huh. He's I, like, I haven't had that one. Did you want to buy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you want to buy? Um, but I also have the mentality from you, Jeff, when you go to these, you, you go to these with the idea of I'm not going to buy. Yes. That is uh, whenever, because when you go to these events, it gets very exciting. And sometimes you buy $1,500. Sometimes you can, buy this. Can I add to that? Right. So th- this is how I learned how to get my start in listing houses. So in listing houses, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, they we, now we have mastermind groups, but they used to have people that would travel around and sell their listing presentation. And because I had a sucky listing p- presentation, what it was is because I had only listed, let's say, you know, 30 houses ever, 40 houses ever. I was like, I want to list, you know, hundred a year or 200 a year. I better go research my best tactics. And um, the problem is when you go to lots of seminars, I always try to sell stuff to you. So I made a commitment to myself. I, cause I realized that they usually give you 60 to 70% of what they're going to give you to get you to buy what you're going to buy. And then they repeat what they already told you, not realizing that, oh, because you think it's going to be new stuff, but the reality is, is typically it's not. So that's where that came from. All right, go All ahead. Right. So, and, but let me, I think that there's, you're, you're spot on with that. But what I learned after sitting in this room for 16 hours, whatever it was, is that it's actually really helpful for me or us humans to have something repeated over and over again for it to sink in. And that is the value of buying the next level is because for some, for a concept, for you to get a concept that is not normal in your world, that is foreign to you, for you to be able to digest that and use it, you've got to have that hammered into your head over and over and over again, typically. Well, that's a Jeff Seabach principle for sure. What is it? What, what, what is it? Marketing is not a one-time event. Repetition is what people actually, when they do most of the marketing, they don't realize that you have to, you have to do it because usually the first one, they're, they're, they're not because of the blur, right? The blur yeah. is out there. The blur is real, meaning social media, Instagram, they're not really paying attention to the first time they hear it. They kind of pass it off. Second time they hear it, pass it off third time. So they repeated it and it helped you. It was actually helpful. Super helpful. Cause you hear him talk about one deal and how he like does the math formula on looking at different deals. And you're like, okay, I get it. 
I understand the logic, but can you repeat it? But yeah. could I then go back to the office and be like, Hey Jeff, check this out. No. But then he did another, he reviewed another deal and another deal and people started asking questions and he reviewed another deal and another deal. And then you get down there and you're like, okay, leverage debt one to four. All right. You got the 1% rule when you're looking at properties and he's big on cash flow. Right. He is big on positive cash flow. And he actually so positive cash flow when investing. If you're I'm at number seven so far for you. All right? good. Positive cash flow is, is a takeaway. A, is a takeaway. And he is in positive cash flow even before you buy a house. You should invest money in real estate that brings you money before you invest money in real estate to buy a house. And he's like, that's where the renter nation comes from, is rent a rent a place. And then invest your money with Cardone Capital so that then you get checks back every month and take the checks that you get back, which is passive income, positive cash flow, and use that money to buy stupid shit is how, is how he would say it. Okay. Which is interesting. All right. Because everybody buys stupid shit. It's just how much you budget for stupid shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, so leverage debt one to four. That was a good one. The 1% rule. That leverage one debt? In. Tell us more yeah. about that because I, I, I missed that because I was still focused. See, repeating. I was focused on positive cash flow and leverage debt just yeah. flew through me. It's like 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 you kind of just slid it in. It's like you were talking and I missed it. That, that's that's okay. I mean, to dive more into it. God, the um first of all, one to four, right? Basically 25% down. One to four. You got a million bucks, you can buy you can buy a four million dollar building. You got a hundred thousand, you can buy a four hundred thousand dollar house. That's just this general rule of thumb of an investment. It just property. happens to be this rule of thumb for buying an investment property with a loan, too. You gotta have 25% down. That's just normal. That's, that's his point. Right. Right. So he called it one to four. He made up his own number for what the real reality. That's pretty good too. That's crafty. It's just the okay. We all know that you need 25% down when you're buying a house, but it's I just like cooler to, to say one to four, one to four. Yeah. What you got? Well, it's also, yeah, go ahead. Um, and so the, and he talks about debt, like you invest, let's say that you have a hundred thousand dollars or he, he talks about big deals, right? He talks about 165 million on this complex with 360 doors. He talks about a $200 million project. He talks about a, another $150 million project. And so what he discusses is if you take, let's say that you have a hundred doors on a building, you buy that building and you raise the rent by 200 bucks a month. Like if they're not renting it for the full capacity. And so you buy a building, you raise the rent by 200 bucks a month. So 200 bucks times a hundred doors is what? 20,000? 200 a times a hundred doors equals 20,000 a month I'm times 12 is $240,000 a year. And so now the, if you divide that by 4%, which is the cap rate, that's $6 million additional that you can get financing for. And he, I'm not going to get too detailed here, but what he's but you basically can get the cash saying, back. you can get the cash back and that cash is debt free. I'm not, not debt free, tax free because debt isn't taxed. And so now you've got 6 million bucks of purchase power to go do something else with that you didn't have to pay taxes on that 6 million bucks. And that's kind of an interesting concept. But again, he had to go through those examples over and over and over again for me to sit back and be like, I, right, I, I agree, I got but I got he happens to be in the best time ever and to take advantage of raising rent. 
So it's not totally. It's not like you can just walk. Like I it mean, might cost you six million bucks to update the units in order to get that raised rent. Right. Then we didn't talk. We, we didn't talk. Oh, that maybe that's that's number ten. Is only point out the positives when talking when selling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah <laughs> absolutely. Good one. Um, all right. One of the things that he said was outsiders move markets. And I, that one helped me quite a bit, actually. Outsiders move markets. I think we're going to talk about that one. Yeah. Number 11, yeah. outsiders move markets. Phil, please Lo explain. Locals. Outsiders move markets. Locals don't want, don't want, don't like things to change. It's, right? it's amazing that this actually applies to so many things. Outside of real estate investing. Yes. I totally agree. Like personal relationships, like everything it, it outsiders move markets and so when you talk to a local who lives in the neighborhood for 10 years and they say i remember when you could buy a three-bedroom house for three hundred thousand dollars and now they're selling for five hundred thousand that's crazy that anybody would pay that because they paid 300 right right because they're local not, not realizing that the government pumped in six trillion last year and that everything's going up yeah yeah and but when you're in corpus christi texas and, you know, the person from Newport Beach just sold their house to get out of California. About and they, 12 houses. And they go to Corpus Christi and they're like, I get a three-bedroom house for 500 grand. I'm going to buy four of them. Carlos, how many can you buy in Corpus Christi, Texas with three million bucks? Carlos is working on his nightmare deal right okay, now. Good he's deal. listening. Right. He's driving he's in the car. Right. Good deal. Sorry, Carlos. But that's the, the concept is outsiders move markets. And so what I took away from that is... Oh man, think more like an outsider. Think more like an outsider. And I've been married for 15 Meaning years. Be, okay, so let, let me let's 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 bring it back to their business. Obviously, uh, this is all investing and all this stuff, but just inside the real estate business, I think where outsiders move markets comes in the most. Uh, I'll talk about our last mastermind with Real Estate Leopard when Nate said that Nate Martinez was talking about a house and he he said to the seller. I don't think you can get that. That means you're the local. And then yet the house sold for 50,000 more than he thought it was sell for. Yeah. And he lost a commission because he was too. And not that you should be overpricing property, but to me, it's just, you have to understand what's going on in the marketplace and where the demand is and why you should be more of a market expert and realizing that sometimes you shouldn't cap the possibility. Right. Another example that I saw when I went to an industrial like commercial conference for Larry, it was what, two years ago, maybe um, in Scottsdale, they had a commercial real estate conference and it was about the industrial space. And they were talking about the high watermarks and the high watermarks of the buildings that sold price per square foot that they had never seen before in Arizona. And guess who the buyer was? California. California. Outsiders move markets. Outsiders move markets. Um, so you're the professional uh, conference goer for the CMUC team? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, but outsiders move markets, I was like, you know what? I need to buy my wife flowers tonight. Because locals are like, I don't want things to change. Locals start to fall asleep on what outsiders could move a market. I don't want anybody <laughs> else buying her flowers. <laughs> right? Like I'm saying, I take oh, that to the extreme. Dude. But let's yeah. think about, Good let's job, think Phil. like an outsider. I'm sure LB's happy. All right. And hopefully my wife is listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next on my list, I got to give a shout out actually to uh, Brian Colhane. Okay. Right. Brian Colhane, who is truly the, he is the reason why I was there at the conference. 
he is um, the reason why we're here at EXP. And I just want to throw a shout out to you. Thank you, Brian, for the invite to this brokerage. And thank you, Brian, for the invite to that conference, because it was very, I would go again. Um, sell your house and invest with Grant. That's, that, was a, that was one that I wrote down. Sell your house. Yeah, sell your house. Take that equity. 13 is sell your house. And sell go your house and invest in Cardone Capital. That way you get cash flow from your- Sell your, your house. Yeah, I, I struggle with that one because I like to pay off. I like to pay myself. I, I view me owning a house as me paying rent to myself and paying off my own mortgage rather than paying off somebody else's mortgage. So Yeah, I have to chime in there. I think that's the worst possible advice to tell somebody. So um, to me- I, I don't understand that because you're your own tenant. You're creating cash flow because you're not paying because you're going to where are you going to live? Yeah, you're going to then lease from somebody else. I mean, right. like to me, I guess. Yeah, I, I I'm I, there's a lot. That, that one was I, a little self-serving. All right. Yeah, yeah fair. Next. Leverage that. OK, talked about that one. Oh, it's funny. Uh, when the deal first. When the deal first, so he's talking about when, when one of these big dog listing agents um, lists a $165 million apartment complex and you call them up, you've got to be excited about that building. And you've got to tell that listing agent that that is just awesome that they got that listing. And you've got to do whatever you got to do to win the deal first. And you don't bring up the fact that the roof hasn't been replaced in 10 years in that first conversation. You win the deal first, you, you be the best, you get your letter of intent across, you get into a deal. And then once you're in the deal, then you negotiate. Okay. Can I, again, that is all you all day, bro. Well, well, Let's hear well, it. No, no, well, <laughs> well, no, I think it is for listings because right now, unfortunately, the to me it's feeding the person you're selling to because you always want to you know that that's just natural selling but what happens in today's marketplace if you don't tell people that they're going to get lots of offers and all that stuff then you're not going to win because that is their expectation but what we do is after it's signed then we got to move into the idea of okay you know what depending on where we price it is whether that happens or not so to talk people off the ledge where you win first, you get them signed, and then you may move them because we set pricing expectations. And then when Adam follows up to talk to them, they can choose different prices. And I think that it, to realize that you're not done selling once you get the listing, that you can go back a few days later, talk to them, and then let them decide as long as, I mean, I think where agents struggle with it is they usually, I take the listing this day, I list it the next day, and that we built in stuff to, to, to try and um, serve the seller better, but gives us time to, to negotiate and be more realistic with them because, but to stick to pumping them up in the listing appointment um, and then make your changes later. Good. Yeah. It's very similar. Right. But a good way to say it, like, you know, you just name things that we do, but it's nice to, it was, maybe that's why I heard it because I'm like, well, that's familiar. <laughs> um, so 15. 15. So how many takeaways you got there, Phil? I'm almost done. Okay. Let's wrap this up. All right. but I got two. Okay. I think I got two more that I any questions for the studio. Uh, hold on. Let me get to this one first. So the first guy that hit me up that whipped it out, right. That was trying to pitch whatever it was. <laughs> that sounds interesting. The, <laughs> the sales flyer. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh. <laughs> it, uh, <yeah. laughs> 
You said it. Clay, I mean, come on, right, Clay? Like, he said it, not me. Come right? on. Like, come All on. Right, let's All get right. back in. We got to be fun. All right. All right. All right. Go ahead. So I think that there might have been eight of those individuals that chatted with me over the course of the conference. So there's not, there's no more, it's not like uh, we're on the Seabuck team and I met somebody at an open house, they tag them. That's my lead. Uh-uh. They're uh, like fish, right? No, like, like shark, yeah, shark tank. Whoever right? gets them, gets you, them. You convert them, you got it. Yep. Yes. All right. Good so deal. you got eight different people that are, um, that, that hit me up during the conference, but then I left. It's funny because yesterday, I had an agent in here who is um, this this week. One of the things that I learned from Grant is that he took a lot of Q and A's, and it was a, there was a lot of time for questions and answers from the audience. And that was some of the most beneficial information that I got was when people ask questions that he just dove into improv, like how he looked at it. It just shows you he's good at his game. He's it good makes him game. an expert because he can take a question and answer it similar a la Gary Vee. Yeah. Right. But then to bring that back into our team meetings, right? Now we're going to bring in more uh-huh. Q&A style to our Next team week, meetings. Yep. And so on Tuesday, when I got back, the first team meeting that I came to, I did a let's just try something new here, right? And so we had a lead that was in our system that the agent hadn't followed up with. And I'm like, hey, we have 80 agents on our team. Hey, guys, do you think that I should try to call this lead more than once just to see if we can get this guy on the phone? He said he wanted to buy an $800,000 house in Desert Ridge. Right, don't do that at home, to- right? You, you're, you're a seasoned caller. You train all the agents on calling on our team. So you were well prepared for that, even though it seemed like a ridiculous thing that you were going to do. Calling a client in front of a lead, yeah. not a client. Uh, this is somebody that registered on the website three Never days met prior before, right. that the yeah. agent on our team tried one time to get a hold of. They didn't pick up. So then the agent stopped trying. And so I said, you guys want to see what happened? Like, should I try it? Yeah. What do you think the room said? Yeah, let's see it. So I dialed the guy's phone number and guess what, Jeff? He picked up, he picked up the phone <laughs> and he wanted to, he's trying to look for a house. He's helping his kid find a house who's relocating there from wherever they are. And only 800,000. That wasn't really a great that lead. That was a great yeah, lead, yeah, okay. but I wouldn't have tried that had I not just been at the Grant Cardone conference. So not everything that you go there with intentions to get out of, you get like there's, you know, collateral damage, if you will, or collateral benefits. No, I think that was a benefit. There was no damage there. So then the, um, of the eight people that hit me up there, I'm sitting in the office with an agent yesterday. And the agent says to me, um, how many times should I reach out to a lead before it really turns into just annoying them and like turning them off? I think that is the, um, most common myth out there. So repeat it. How many times should I reach out to like when somebody, when we have a lead that's in our system, how many times should I try to communicate with them before I am a nuisance? I, I think we should poll the audience and see what they think. How many times? Yeah. All right. What, so was, what, what was Phil's answer? Let's start with uh, well, maybe Sean no, Queen. Not what was my answer. What's your answer? Yeah. No. What, what do you think your answer to the guy? Four. Carlos, Carlos said four. All right, Carlos, All right. four. Well, let's see. Who else? Ten, at least. What'd you say, Sean? 10 at least. 10, okay. I'll say 20. 20. All right. Karanvir at 20. What else? Keith, Austin, Linda. Mike. 10. 10. Austin, 10. Keith, 10. Keith, 10. Oh, until you get a hold of them. Mike. Oh, until you get a hold of them. Until you get a hold of them. That's a good one. 
So what I did was I went to my computer because I was at that conference at the end of July. I don't remember what the actual date was, July 26th. I was at that conference. So what I did is I went to my email and I searched Grant Cardone because I got an email from him today. Well, that's one. So let me count the number of times that Grant has emailed me since I've been to the conference. And have you responded yet? No. Because the thing is, is we would call that they're ghosting us. Right. I'm ghosting him right you're now. You're ghosting him and, yeah. and, and you're going to show us that he's relentless. So. But I'm a student of the game, right? So I'm here, like what he is sending me, I think is super valuable because I need to recreate. That guy is clearly successful at sales. I want to be clearly successful at sales. I don't need to reinvent a wheel. Let me just copy somebody that's doing it. So today I got one email. The subject line was, this could make you rich. Then yesterday I got two emails, one a business that scales itself. Hey, it's Grant, I'm about to start without you. So let's see, one today, two yesterday, one, two, three the day before, one, two, three the day before that, one, two the day before that, one, two the day before that, one, two the day before that, one, two, three the day before that. So I'm at 18 emails. 10, 18, 19, yeah. Two or three touches a day. 18, yeah. I'm at 18 emails in um, a week. 18 emails a week. I My guess. Are you mad at him? No, not at all. I would just unsubscribe if I was mad. I'm not mad. I'm curious because I don't know if I were to ask, if I were to then survey all of the people that are on the podcast now and say, are you? No, no. How many clients in your lead database have you followed up with 18 times and this is just email right right like not to mention that there's social posts and whatnot but um that again it's one of those things where for the agent that was sitting across the table from me he was like okay got it got it like don't take my word for it i'm learning from this guy so who gets a thousand people in a room who gets a thousand people in the room to pay him 500 bucks or 2500 bucks a shot and the he gets everybody in the room to then pitch everybody on additional products like god the guy got mad respect for the guy wow so i think that might be your best i'm voting for 16 as the best yeah marketing is not a one-time event like i think that it's the biggest thing that we see in a failure in an agent is they get frustrated. They give up. They think they're not after three attempts, four attempts, like one attempt, Jeff, after one attempt on an $800,000 lead over a weekend, the guy comes in on a Friday, he reaches out to him. The guy doesn't pick up. And then I'm on Tuesday and I call the guy in our team meeting and he picks up and it was a one attempt wonder. We don't try hard enough to get a hold of people when they come into the system. That's what I learned. That was my biggest takeaway from Grant. That's for sure. Because I clearly came into his system. I was at his event. Yeah. I view that as the same. Because he also sent emails before he got there. Yes. Yes, he did. And while I was there. It's not, I mean, 18 wasn't the end. Is what, like, uh, You know what I, you know, here's my line that I wrote down for this point is be patient. That's the line that I wrote down. And patience doesn't mean send one email and wait. Patience means send three emails a day until they get to the point where they're ready to respond. God, it's just so hard for me to uh, do that. <laughs> I know. It, it is. No, I, I, like, like, it's called ADD. Yeah. 
be patient and still keep trying. Yes. Be patient and keep trying. Yeah. You're, you're probably not reaching them. I'm probably going to give the guy money. Like I'll buy a book or I'll buy a shirt or I'll buy like there's something that will happen at some point, I'm sure, because I'm going to stay on his thread to see how he sells so I can continue to learn. Like a renter nation shirt or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna get you one for Christmas. <laughs> I won't wear it. <laughs> I'll um, use it to paint. Uh, that's funny. Uh, the other thing, the reason why Brian, which was Brian Colhane, brought us there. Brian Colhane and um, Grant's wife, Elena, I believe her name is Elena. Elena are like, Elena is at EXP Realty, and so there was a few other EXP cohorts there. And one of the guys that I met in Chicago, his name was Zach, and he um, is a $20 million producer. I hadn't sat around. I, I feel like EXP kind of has a, uh, I don't sit around a lot of other EXPers. Let me put it that way. Other than us, right? Like, I don't. I, I don't we don't go hang out with other EXPers. I'm, EXPers in other marketplaces, right? Because EXPers in your. Like, Except when we go to the. To the conference. Event. Yeah, the yeah, conference. Totally. Right. But anyway, so I'm sitting next to Zach. And Zach, who has been with EXP for maybe a year and a half, he came from Compass. And he was um, saying that his his sheet this year from switching over his uh, GCI this year from switching over was currently six figures uh, to his benefit. Uh, I mean, over six figures, more money that he put in his pocket from switching from, from more expensive brokerage. And I hadn't heard like true life stories like that before. Yeah. Even though I, I've heard that they exist, I hadn't actually chatted with somebody where he had the real numbers to back it up. Well, we had an agent on our team that said that he was, paying high fees to somebody else and came over as well. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. the reality is, is you, I think they get scared. I mean, this is the main pitch of the major brands out there is agents feel that they're tied to their brokerage and that their brokerage is why they do well. And that to me is such a false thing. It's the agent, whether, right. Cause then, cause if that was true, then why, I'll pick on Remax, right? Like, why aren't all their agents being successful if the brand's so powerful, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it's the agent, and that was his. He used to be with At Properties, which is a Chicago brand. I uh -huh. think they're now franchising. Simon, yeah, uh, Tad. Tad. But um, uh, Simon was the op operator from ROG that went to work with Tad, didn't he? Yes. Isn't that how that uh, anyway, oh, yeah. um, uh, he used to be there, and then he was, yeah, with a couple other brokerages, and he was. He he said exactly that. He was like, I used to think that I needed that brand behind me. You don't think, think that anymore. Good obviously. thing is you actually don't. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So at the end of the day, would I go back? Would I buy a ticket to go to another one of his events? And the answer to that is I would. Okay, cool. All right. We're going to review the, the, the top 16 things. That okay. Out there, yeah. Just for everybody. In case you're late, we have some late joiners, right? So number one was when you are in front of your customer, make sure you have lots of energy. Right. So number two, yeah, give a shit about your health so that you are on point when you're selling. Right. Number two is make sure you're spending enough time with clients. Right. Because he 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 didn't speak one time and then right like he gave so us you, three days right, like of him. You, you felt better because he spent more time with you. Number three, I put health less acid. <laughs> well, that's what you said. Yeah. Uh, and then number four, make sure that you uh, have. Uh, uh, actually, I put making sure that we ask what the people want to get out of it, right? Like meaning when you were in a listing appointment, 
hey, seller, what are you looking to get out of this appointment with me? I think that's a great question. Yep. Um, number five, I had make the pitch, right? Don't let appointments go to waste, meaning if you're out showing a house and you show the house, hey, Mr. Buyer, is this something you'd like to make an offer on? That's making the pitch note, right? Like meaning you're there and they go in the house, hey, and if not, great. Well, how do you rank this so I can know not, you know, to ask you again, right? Like, it, I, I love how, you know, how does this house rank out of a scale of one to 10 for you after they say, yeah, all right. Number six, repeating, right? So it is uh, okay to repeat things over and over to people because they, they're not always tuned in and that repeating is good. Number seven, I had positive cash flow. Number eight, um, leverage debt. Number nine, I had uh, only uh, no, raise no, rent. No, raise rent. Well, no, no, no. It was it was it was um, leveraging debt. It was just an explanation of lever leveraging debt, raising rent, like just ways that you can suck money back out of the property, right? To reuse it, to continue to use capital, and that um, when you put money down, there's no taxes on it when you pull it out because it's down money. You already paid the taxes, so it's actually free. when you pull equity out there's no taxes on it because it's debt. You can pull out $100,000 out of your house debt-free, right? There's a cost to the loan. Not, right. not debt-free, I'm sorry, tax-free. Tax-free. Okay, right. So if you did, if you took a mortgage on a house for 100,000, you get the whole 100,000, you can put it back in. It's, you can buy it's, something it's equity. Yeah, it's you, equity, there's no, there's no negative. There's no tax. All right, number 11, I had uh, outsiders move market. Number 12, uh, shout out to Brian Kilhane. Number 13, uh, Sell your house and invest with Grant Cardone. Mm. I, I didn't. I mean, I, that was his. Con, but, that was know, his that's a takeaway. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Um, fourteen. Win the deal first before you deliver all the negatives. Yeah. Right. Fifteen. Um, lots of Q and A, and then sixteen. I be patient. Uh, Market is not a one-time event. Eighteen touches in a week. Three and, day, two and, days. And, two and a half. Yeah. Days. Like so. So realize oh, that oh. you're not trying hard enough and you may think that you're bugging people and that's not simply true so uh great job phil great job grant thank you brian thank you guys for tuning in today any questions before we shut it down happy to answer more yeah i got a question all right What's i, up, I got a question yeah yeah so you guys were talking about following up with leads and not giving up so i've been following up with this one lead since uh march and so what i do is when a if a person doesn't respond, I won't get in touch with them for like a week. I try to mirror them and then I'll get back in touch within a week again. If they don't respond after a week, I'll get back in touch after two weeks. And this person, I never ha have been able to like have a conversation. He picks up and he's always busy. I called him this Saturday and uh, he said, call me tomorrow at 12 PM. And 10 minutes before uh, I called him, I sent him a text, say, this is me. I'll be calling. And when I called him, he didn't pick up. So far, I've been in touch with this person since March eight times. So when do we actually give up on a lead in this? Well, to me, I think you need to vary your follow-up because to me, one of the misnomers in real estate that just bugging the hell out of people, the thing is, is you have to deliver value. So to me, I would, you should be, uh, the, the theory I call it, sell, send him a salad. Like you, you gotta be presenting him uh, value. And that is, is it a buyer or a seller lead, Carnivore? Buyer. Buyer, right? Like, so to me, you should be sending him in between the calls because people are not looking for an agent. 
on the buy side. They're looking for a house. So you should be pinging him with, hey, did you see this house? Did you see this house? Are you adding that into your follow-up? Not, not in this case. Yeah, uh, you, you need to you need to be like, hey, I saw this one, right? So because those are the things that are going to pique his curiosity enough to pick up the phone when you call, right? Because I can back that up. What, yeah, thank you, Carlos. But like, yeah, because I'm under contract on someone just like that. I literally wrote a contract today. So awesome. keep on, keep on it, Karnvir. Keep on it, you know, and just like Jeff says, and what I would do, I wouldn't just, I'd actually pop in um, just unexpectedly during the week, like 3 p.m. Hey, I was down the trip. street. I just thought I, I, I knew you lived in the neighborhood. I just wanted a chance to meet you, something like that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Also, when you get those 30 seconds on the phone where he's like, hey, man, I can't talk right now. I'll talk at noon. I slip in an easy to answer question like, okay, cool. Are you single family homes or are you looking for condos? Okay, cool. Because then that helps you with what you're going to be dangling. Right. I have a great four bedroom, but I didn't know if you were only interested in three bedrooms. Are you trying to stay under 500,000 or are you looking up to a mill? Right. Or, oh, I saw you were looking at Greenway Park neighborhood. Were you also interested in the the villas next door? Yeah. Right. Like, because I've had the old slide in. The, oh yeah, you got him on the phone, dude. Like you, you had got him on the phone. Yeah, like you, you got to make the pitch. Hey, oh, 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 make the pitch. When in doubt. Yes, yes, right. When in doubt. Hey, I got a great property. It's 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 in the neighborhood you're looking in. It's four twenty seven. Did you want to see it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Hopefully it's helpful, Cardivir. Yeah, I've done that in the past where like I just I'll make a video of a house and say, hey, I was in the neighborhood. I thought of this house. I seen this house and I thought of you. And I sent like a lot of different leads, but I haven't done it for, done it for this lead. So I appreciate you, it. Uh, hey, the, the, the reality is that salespeople don't always use what I call all the tools in their belt every single time. It's a normal, it's okay, but it, it's good to hear reminders because um it's what you never know when that one's gonna turn into your next sale. Triple double single always works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What episode number was that? Yeah. <laughs> that was we love the triple double single. I love it. Yeah. That was probably follow up with Carnivore Extra Special. I yeah. oh oh he was on the EXP. Did you come to our training? Our eight week training. He was in our eight week yeah, training. Oh, that's yeah. where he got it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What other questions, Austin? I saw you unmute yourself. Oh no questions. All right, Mike. I like that you turned your video on, man. Long time no see. But I see you're on mute, so I'll, I didn't know if you had a, a, a question for us. He's like arranging some bags and accidentally put his camera on. Got it. He thought he hung <laughs> up. He thought he hung up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Happy Thursday. Hey, thank you, guys. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. The next one. Thank you.